0: This is Lindy Kaiser, I'm the senior editor of clearancejobs.com. And welcome to this episode of the security clearance podcast. Today, we're chatting with Larry Rose, senior vice president of commercial contracts and procurement at salient CRGT. And Larry, I think your first second time guest on the security clearance podcast, your last topic was very different. Talking about remote work and leveraging how technology plays into that, but also how management dynamics play into that. Now, the topic we're talking about today is again, talking about how technology can be used specifically more about first responders and law enforcement responders during tragic, fast-moving events such as mass shootings. And you've written about the topic in the past, but I was hoping you could just explain to someone who maybe hasn't read about what you've already written about it. What are you talking about when you talk about there are technologies out there that can help these first responders?
1: Let me kind of set the stage first with the unfortunate events. I mean, you know, in 2017, we saw You know, one of the worst shootings ever in in the Las Vegas shooting, you know, the march with the students um, because we're seeing so many school shootings. You know, we had the Parkland shooting where, unfortunately, 17 children lost their lives. And then closer to home where I am just outside of Washington, D.C., you know, this week we had another school shooting in Maryland. So. These events are coming unfortunately fast and furious. We're seeing a lot of the, you know, political talk about guns and stopping the the violence and particularly stopping the violence in school. By its very nature, law enforcement first responders is a very reactive event. Uh, Unfortunately, something has to occur and then there's the response to it. And the confusion that surrounds these types of events for the first responders is that they're trying to make sense of a very active environment. So by having a reactionary situation occur, technology has to be used to try to be as proactive as we can. So getting information in the hands of the first responders in the command center takes a situation from purely a reactionary to a proactive situation so access to data is paramount so complete situational awareness as i've mentioned in the hands of the personnel on the scenes and the command center is what the technology can be used for so we are trying to force technology that you see gps visual geofencing kind of a, a technology that's existed out there and putting it in the hands of the first responders is, is what we're, we're, we're talking about here.
0: And are there law enforcement officers that are using this technology already? So is that is that very common to have at an event or to have in a law enforcement agency that they have this kind of, are they using geofencing, GPS when they respond?
1: Not as much as you would hope with the technology out there. That, again, is is really just the, the nature of the time. You know, until... Unfortunately, these tragic events occur. We don't really look at the technology, and that's what we are doing, you know, in particular. Here at Salient CRGT, I mean, I'm actually walking around with police officers. I've been inside jails. I've gone into prisons and and have you know really looked at what's going on and how are we using the technology? You're seeing kind of the latest technology, um, which again spawned out of unfortunate situations where police officers are now using body cameras. Right? I mean, there was a lot of upheaval about what did the police officer really do? We saw people recording police actions on cell phones and that type of stuff. And then all of a sudden, the big push is to put body cameras on. So, you know, this may be the next wave of of how to use the technology that exists, but it's using it in a different way. It's really using it to protect not only the first responders, give them control, protect the public at large, but also it's a huge liability situation to determine whether or not what people saw or what people believed happened, because we, through the systems and how technology works, we record everything. There can be every 30 seconds, every 10 seconds, every second, depending on what the event, we can pulse from the equipment back to the system and record that entire event. So if later on, somebody says, "Hey, you know, I came out this back door, and there was no police officer there." We can go back and look at that time in that event and say that's not actually true. There was a police officer there. We see the liability come up a lot in the Department of Corrections, where we have to transport an inmate, we have to take an inmate to court, we have to move that inmate around, or in a situation that we've seen firsthand where we're working with North and um, South Carolina in some situations, they've had some lawsuits where the family has come forward and said, my son or daughter is extremely ill because they weren't getting their medicine. What we're doing now is we're putting technology that records kind of like in a hospital where the inmate wristband or barcode is scanned right at the same time as the medicine is scanned. All of that is recorded, and we can now track and say that that situation is recorded, and we do know at this time both the inmate and the medicine were there along with the officer. So that's an example in the Department of Corrections how we're using this technology.
0: So this kind of situational awareness you're talking about, is that something that law enforcement officers could just have on their smartphones during the event? Is there kind of a different technology overlay on top of what, is already out there that needs to happen within these first responders or what is the actual technology that can kind of that's providing this?
1: So the equipment would actually be their smartphones and most police officers are, are carrying smartphones. They have those and and this is something that is an application and that's how it's actually loaded onto the phone. What the real data analytics, the real command center control of it happens behind the scenes. But in terms of the technology overlay it's an application, quite honestly, you can go out to the Google Play Store and download CRGT Atlas and put it on your... Now, because of security requirements and other things, once you load the app, you'd have to call in and we'd have to register you for security reasons because we obviously don't want everybody to see everything and, and there's limitation. But the actual install to get it using is what the officers are carrying around today. It's not a major complicated thing to make it work. So we've tried to use the existing technology that's out there and and just take advantage of that.
0: What exactly does CRGT Atlas do?
1: CRGT Atlas is a tracking device. It's an application that basically can control where that device goes. And so it's situational awareness at two levels. It's situational awareness for a command center. So at any given time, we know exactly where that device is. And where it's going and then the real cool thing I think is it places situational awareness to the individual holding the device so let's say that I'm out of control and I have three other officers with me when I look down at the device not only do uh, do I see where I'm located and the command center knows where I'm located but it also allows me to see where the other two officers are so at any given time I know who's in my proximity I know what's around me I know exactly how to get them because what we've done is we've even put a button on it that if you click on another individual, another device, it can automatically tell you how to get there. It gives you how long it will take you to get there and, and that type of situation. So it's a full-blown personal and command center situational awareness monitoring device that has a lot of bells and whistles. We've even got A situation where if the phone drops, using the advantage of what the phone has, an alarm can be sent that the phone drops. So we don't know whether that officer went down or whether the phone actually fell. I and mean, it's a quick IM back and forth. So there, there isn't a major dispatch. It simply is, you know, the phone fell down. We got an alert. Are you OK? So it speeds up the process of, of all the situation, again, moving more towards a proactive. I'll give you a great example of how this happened on PD Live, which, you know, is huge on A&E right now. There was an example where two officers pulled over a suspect. The suspect got out. A fight ensued between the officers and this suspect. They fell over a fence. They finally got the situation under control. They didn't know where the radios were. The body cameras were knocked off. They finally got the suspect under control and handcuffed, and they both looked up, and this was all on live PD. One officer said to the other one, can you run up the road and figure out where we are so we can call in and get help? In that situation, they had to go from two holding a suspect to one. The one had to run up the street, which I thought was going to be a half a block, but it actually took quite a while for the for the person to come back. They were able to get the radio, call in, we're at the corner of first and second, whatever it may have been. In that situation, Atlas would have been tracking that whole thing. and there would have never been any situation or any occurrence where they didn't know or somebody didn't know where they were. So that's the difference of having that mechanism on the smartphone.
0: And that's kind of a great example walking us through how the technology can be used at various stages because you're using it to coordinate in advance, but you kind of forget at the end of an incident as well, you know, there's situational awareness needed as additional response comes in.
1: Absolutely. Uh, To give you another example, you know, unfortunately in the Parkland shooting in Florida, there was a lot of confusion around the individual that was at the back of the, the school you know did he go in did he stay there not making any you know comment about about what was right or what was wrong but to use the technology there would have never been a question because if they had it up and running the command center immediately would have known where everybody in that, situation was, and they would have been able to monitor and say, wait a minute, this particular individual hasn't moved in one minute, two minutes, three minutes. You know, why is this individual not moving? Or an example, we may see everybody exiting the right side of a building, and we can see that we've got everybody on the left side of the building. So again, it's, it's moving to a more proactive environment by taking advantage of the te- real-time technology that's out there for us.
0: And now, you know, you talk about something like Parkland. So, it obviously, it brings situational awareness to all the first responders on the scene. Is there the capacity now or potentially the possibility in the future that you could be pinging cell phone signals from, like, inside a building? Because we know, again, a lot of the response coming out of the school was from students yep. that were in there. I know there was a yep. lot of upset parents because in some cases students were kept in there because as as law enforcement was trying to you know right. figure out where the shooter was and deal with all that. So we know that those messages are getting out, but there is a huge coordination as well getting those messages, and those aren't necessarily always visible to first responders as well.
1: Great question, and, and what we've done is we've advanced the technology, as I mentioned earlier in the conversation, to Department of Corrections. We are actually have a, a application that's called EDOCs, Electronic Department of Corrections, where we are actually digitizing the floor plan of jails. And between using private networks and cell phone applications, depending on the campus environment, we are now being able to monitor movement around inside a campus environment. When we talk about eDocs, eDocs is transferable to any campus environment, such as schools, universities, airports, malls. So we've now tapped into technology that can can use instead of the map soon as you cross this geofence that we have set up map actually becomes the floor plan of the building
0: for somebody that doesn't know who doesn't speak technology yep. very well what is a geofence
1: geofence is virtually a geographic boundary so it's either a radius around a point or a perimeter around something like i just mentioned a building or a venue once it's established the software can determine where and when mobile devices enter or exit a particular area so For example, let's go back to the the jail situation. The geofence would be the perimeter of the building. Anytime that we have our system up and running, technology would cross that geofence, there would be an alarm or a notice that, you know, it's now somebody's in or somebody has left. That example, uh, earlier in the conversation, I was talking about big group events, right? So let's take for an example, a football game. You may want to put a geofence around either the stadium or a geofence around where the tailgating is, or, or you know, pick a certain area, and you want police coverage around that. So you can actually draw it on the map that you're looking at, make it live, and then as somebody enters or exits that's part of the group, there would be a notification at the command center. And so, you know, you could tell whether you've got complete coverage around there. Let's say that an event occurs, there's something that happened on, uh, you know, an, an entry or an exit on the geofence, you could then properly dispatch support to where that event was occurring by looking at a map.
0: Kind of thinking through this, I know that, you know, some people say, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm familiar with that technology because I use it to track my teenager. You know, I know we have that with phones where, you know, you can you can ping a phone or, you know, kind of the Find My Friends applications that we have out there. How is this maybe different than that kind of technology and particularly for the government and for schools and security sensitive institutions, how is the data that you collect here or that you use or how is it more secure than a general iPhone app you might find?
1: Right. So everything is controlled by security and groups. So everything has a password type of protection and you would set up same way with the security. For example, in a police department, you may have the chief could control and see every aspect. And then as you work down to the lieutenants or the captains or whatever it is, so you can break it down by a hierarchy. It's completely secured in that environment that the server operates under because of the password protection on it. There's no way that that data is shared. The rely- Reliability of the access because we're making sure that everything is tested either through the network or through the cellular environment. And then the data collection and the data analytics piece of it is really what we're looking at, right? It, again, you know, you can ping a smartphone and know it was there, but what do you do with the data once you have it there? You don't have the perimeter, you don't have the situational awareness, you don't have the proximity of everything else around it. So it's not just trying to identify know where is my child or where is this particular phone? It's the proximity of where is this phone in relationship to the other people, in relationship to the event, and how can I manage and control that situation based on all that proximity? As well as it's not just a parent watching a child, it's a command center controlling an environment, as well as the individual first responder or police officer or the Department of Corrections officer being able to look at the proximity and control their environment around them. I need to go and exit the building. What's my fastest route out of there? I need to go help another officer who's down on the street. What's my fastest route out there? So it's it's using the technology to give real time access, not just back to a reporting environment or a command center or a parent, but it's also placing the technology in the individual's hands right there for real-time awareness.
0: In this very complex environment we have now, it would be a real advantage both to law enforcement and then community. And having that kind of situational awareness and visibility benefits at you know at the time of the incident that the response can, can be better. And then also post-event that we know actually what happened without you know all of the ambiguity and controversy that that tends to follow.
1: Right, and the confusion, right? I mean, that's the big word that comes to me again with firsthand walking with officers and walking into jails and prisons. There's a sense of confusion even when things are calm, right? I mean, you're in that reactionary mode, right? I mean, you talk to any police officer and that adrenaline rush that happens when their number is called is part of the environment that they're in. So obviously, let's go back to Parkland. You could just see by the aerial shots and the and the ground shots of the cameras we're taking, they're just this concept of what's going on. Somebody's gotta get control of this environment, right? And here you have officers that can't really effectively communicate other than radio, They may be running, they're not responding, there's different reasons. Well, here you've got a situation where we're using technology to help that. I mean, even Department of Homeland Security is using this type of technology on the borders, right? Because they're spread out, they're so diverse, where do we have coverage? And so having that automatic tracking is just a great way to help calm. And as you've said, it's not just on the law enforcement side, it's to help the public understand where are we in this environment? What's going on? How do we exit people safely? How do we corral people in an area that we already have set up to protect those posts? Everybody is kind of running and hoping they find safety.
0: And you gave the Department of Corrections examples. Are there other examples of where the government is already using this technology? And how they might be using it.
1: There's variations of it at, at Department of Homeland Security and in you know their border patrol and, and some of their investigative units, um, you know where they're kind of going into you know remote locations or in investigative situations where they can't be there. You know we do have some law enforcement agencies throughout the U.S. that are using it um, in terms of tracking and, and setting that up, and then obviously the Department of Corrections. The exciting thing for us is now that we see this technology can be used and and unfortunately as i've said we're seeing these events that you know hopefully they're going to stop the concern is will they continue which i think most likely we're always going to have to be fighting as a society you know these types of events we can now use these technologies in multiple different areas you look at the school system florida has just put out a bunch of money i know in maryland they just did an emergency funding for school safety well there's a there's a perfect avenue we're going to have more school safety officers there's a great way to use that. And we just haven't been able to connect those dots because this is happening real time.
0: We've seen that in the news coverage. You had a school safety officer that, that literally was able to identify and fix an issue, you know, straight out the gate. And you have other examples where you have resources in place and they weren't. Yep. But I think given, you know, where our public dynamic is, if we have something that we can use to make sure the people that we do have are in the right place at the right time, that seems like an investment that would be worth making right now.
1: It, exactly. It's, it's moving you know public safety as a whole into a, a proactive environment. I know you know there may be people to say, well how does that even make sense? it's it's the concept of taking a, a reactionary activity or a reactionary event and trying to push technology to figure out how can we, forecast and see it and and react to it. So we're never going to be able to prevent everything from happening, but the speed in which we can get control over the confusion is paramount to limiting the amount of damage that occurs and trying to control the environment as quickly as we possibly can. And I I think that's where technology really plays a huge part. We're a mobile environment, right? We're, We're spread all over, we're moving faster, and we need to take advantage of that to to control these unfortunate situations, you know that are happening today aren't going to go away, um, and we just need to be better prepared to provide the right technology. Salient CRGT is committed to helping advance this technology so we can we can figure out how to best get in front of these tragic events and and protect, as you've said, not only our first responders but also the public at large, and put everybody in a more controlled environment when these unfortunate circumstances do, do arise.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Security Clearance Podcast. Please visit news.clearancejobs.com for more security clearance news, insights, and information. Have a great day.